Are you someone who's forever curious about personal development and always looking to listen, read, learn and seek out what might work for you? Life is one long, windy road that we know takes teamwork. It can be tough to navigate alone, even when you're pretty good at self-coaching. So we're here to discuss all things coaching and self-development in the hope that we get to be part of your team, supporting you to enjoy your journey. In this episode, Alex and Jen chat about fear. They explore the different types of fear we have, where it comes from, what it's telling us, why and how coaching could support you to overcome or work with your fears. As always, some top tips to help you along the way. If you have any questions or queries or would like to get involved in the conversation, then Jen and Alex are here to help. Please do get in touch. Welcome to Coffee and Coaching. Other hot drinks are available. So grab one, sit back and listen. Hello. Hello, hello. There we go. Fabulous. In timely fashion, my neighbours have just started mowing their lawn. Can you hear the lawnmower and the streamer? No. Okay, can't. good. All right, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just hope the dog doesn't start barking. Oh, very inconvenient. Yes. All good. What are you drinking? Green tea at the moment. Peppermint here. It's gone cold. <laughs> oh no. No, I don't mind cold peppermint. Really? Yeah, I'll make it cold and stick it in the fridge, like bottle it. And... <laughs> okay. It's refreshing on a hot summer's day, she says, sat here in a hoodie. Yeah, I thought of that. <laughs> oh well. Cool. Um So just to give you a heads up, we had some technical difficulties at the start of this podcast, so it's been edited and we start with Alex giving his two penneth about the Collins Dictionary definition of Thea. I, I don't agree with that, actually. <laughs> and the reason I don't agree... <laughs> I, don't agree, I don't agree with Collins. The reason I don't agree with it is because it says it's an unpleasant... An often strong uh, that that's the bit that I don't agree with an unpleasant emotion now for some people it might be pleasant for some people as we'll probably go on to discuss in this um well I'll yeah. counteract that with the with the with the um you know the kind of origins of it because actually fear is supposed to make you feel a bit uncomfortable because it's supposed to alert you to a danger isn't it so that kind of going yeah. back to caveman times or whatever it's supposed to alert you to danger and pre- prepare you um you know some kind of warning isn't it so um it should i think it ought to feel uncomfortable um but then i guess it's like you say it's context now isn't it um where you put the fear into context that would determine whether you um get pleasure from it like watching a scary film or something like that or um, yeah. or something that actually does properly scare you well, then is that, if you're watching a scary film, is that actual fear, though? Or is it more anxiety in the story that's creating that feeling? Because in the, I guess, to jump on your point, the true definition of fear is like, you know, somebody robbing you or like a, um, you know, cliche back in the dark ages whenever it was you know saber tooth tiger running you it's like it's it's an alarm system so that's mm. i would prefer to kind of go it's an alarming 
an alarm system of a strong emotion caused by not even the anticipation of awareness or, or unawareness of danger. Yeah, it's like an immediate threat, isn't it? And I think that's where sometimes the distinction between fear and anxiety has to be made. And the two produce very similar sensations. Um, but one is often kind of masquerading as the other one. Well, um, if, one is a result of the other one. So if you are from a, um, I guess it's almost like a clinical, like a biological perspective, that's where that's where I wrote about the, the HPA axis. So your stress response. So if you are, if you are constantly feeling scared and in that fight or flight um, mm -hmm. scenario, the, the, the hormones that are flying around your body end up in this feedback loop. Um, so you, you just, you've just got these hormones flying around all the time and that that's what leads to feeling anxious all the time. So it's, it's, and I would say anxiety is, is a result of feeling scared about something at some point or, um, you know, stress being stressed about something. Mm. Um, because you just got this, you know, cortisol and whatever else flying around all the time. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. What is, um, what have you found to be, what have you found that people are most fearful of when you've been coaching them? Um, other people, what other people think without a doubt i don't want to yeah. do i'm not going to have a go at that because oh my god what if people think this um you know oh, i'm not going to try that because that's not what people think i'm like or it's just yeah the just that, that fear of other people's assumptions about them um and yeah that i think that's one of mine personally as well um okay sort of key factor in me not going to do something or feel like i can show up as myself So I get fear of judgment, isn't it? In, mm, its, in, yeah. its, in, its, yeah. simplest, in its simplest form. Yeah. Um, what else? What, what else have you found that people are, are scared of, which may stop them in action, stop them working out what they want? Uh, failure, obviously, having a go and not succeeding um, to the level that they think they ought to. Mm. Um, and also success. I think some people are scared of success. Actually, I get this right. Blimey, I'll have everything I ever dreamed of and I won't have anything to moan about. I think that might be me as well. <laughs> you got both. <laughs> yeah. I, I wonder whether the the fear of the fear of the fear of success for me, when that shows up, is actually can I then maintain it? Mm, it's yeah. So much, yeah, sure. much the threat of Oh, all my, you know, all my dreams and visions have come true. It's like it when I get away. there or see that, yeah. like they're going to demand more of you. So there's yeah. this notion of kind, I'll just kind of stay a bit small, really, because only a few people are asking for me rather than, oh, wow, that there, there he is. You know, it's like, you know, it's the, it's the elite performer kind of mentality, isn't it? It's like, oh, and I now need to perform every time I step on court. I now need to perform every time mm. I jump on the bike that that's scary or feeling undeserving of that success as well actually i'm not i'm a bit scared of it because i don't feel like i deserve it okay do you not think uh, um like that's you know I've, I've never i've never had that level of success before so why should it come to me now 
Is that fear? I think you can be scared of trying to get there. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's going off the tangent of <laughs> tangent not quite fear, but me there. I wonder whether that's a bit more sort of around self mm. sort of worth yeah, and sort of efficacy, appreciation yeah. of what you yeah. what you can do, especially when it's something new, because you know, in terms of a new project or a new career or a new relationship well, and fear fear of stepping out of your comfort zone, isn't it? Then isn't it just that it is that fear of the, the fear of the unknown. Which actually brings us neatly on to when when we were studying um I, I we looked at a model of the growth zones and the traditional model is one of if you can picture if everyone can just sort of picture three circles and you have uh, the middle circle is the comfort zone the second circle slightly bigger around it is the stretch zone and then the third circle around it is the panic zone if, if i'm right in remembering that yes. and one of the ways that that can be used is if you're thinking of something you can kind of go okay where does that how does that feel are you comfortable with it is it slightly icky or is it like oh my god i don't want to do it and i remember doing this as a this was actually on one of the live weekends and we had to go and sort of stand in one of the zones actually it might have been on the introductory weekend and the sort of the feeling was that if you're in the panic zone like you've gone too far you know you've kind of that's the one you're going to be fearful anxious might not take action um it's too much too overwhelming so you've got to kind of balance yourself more in the kind of stretch maybe fle fleeting into kind of you know both and until I came up across, until I came across a different model, I thought that worked quite well. But when I started looking into fear a little bit more, I came across one where it had it. It's difficult without a visualization here, but it had comfort, then fear, then learning, then growth zone. So you had to go through the fear, okay pick it up on its way and carry it kind of with you to then get to your next stage of learning and growth. Mm. And when I looked at it, and there was another little infogram as well with this uh, model that I was looking into, you know, it was, it looked at this kind of one way or this street where there was a big sign saying fear. And there was just before the sign, there was a little side road where you could make a loop back to the start. And then, you know, the end of the road was a goal. And so there's two of those like, you just see the fear and you kind of stop and then take a little side and come back to where you are. Or you go to the fear, you dig up the sign, you put fear on your shoulder and you just keep on going. And the way that was dressed up was, do you have an avoidance attachment to fear or an acceptance attachment to fear? So it wasn't focusing on the actual fear of what you're doing. The focus actually was on fear itself. It's like, what is your relationship to fear itself mm. and I thought oh that's actually I'd never really thought about it like that because as you've sort of mentioned in, in the some of the notes that we made beforehand it can inspire you it can you know it can kind of spur you on to have that and you're one of those people that carries it or it can stop you on its track mm. and I think until you've made that distinction between what do I want my relationship to fear to be I'm not sure if you haven't worked that out, you don't have to then play that game. Yep. 
That's made me think, actually. I wonder if people who love scary films have a have a healthier relationship with fear in their life as a whole. That would be an interesting research project. <laughs> it would. And there's there's something I, I go on. No, just because that I mean that's the link I've just made there. We chat about that, yeah. you know, and actually using fear in that positive way and having some control over it, you know, for want of a better phrase. Um is is that isn't it so uh yeah i wonder if quite a... <laughs> it would be interesting you'd have to you'd have to track children from a very young age and kind of see how they do you know what there is actually um this may this may be uh, associated with it you know susan kane i do who not. wrote she so susan kane is a um a sort of big author on she wrote a book called quiet and she oh, yes, course, yeah. she she's big in the sort of introvert kind of world yeah and I, I can't remember the exact details of the research but it was something around trying to determine um from an early age how kids respond to certain things like the popping of a balloon or something yeah. like this and there was lots of markers to kind of go oh well they're you know they're likely to be of this end of the the scale versus this and some of it was due to be fair so like you know if a loud noise happens if a balloon pops are you that kid that goes oh my god or just like as if nothing just happened mm. so there must be something within that on a very sort of hind brain level yeah, which you've already got within you that is averse to fear or or, or not um mm. So that would be uh, to do with the environment that you grow up in, presumably, and yeah, your learnt response to fear. Yeah, but I think fear won't go away, and it shouldn't go away. It it really shouldn't. From a certainly from a survival point of view, we 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 need not as much as we did thousands of years ago. So to accept that it's going to be part of your life, you either use it as well. That's the reason that I can't do something versus. Well, it's there. I'm going to do it despite that. But it, um, I wonder if you pick, if you pick apart the fact that it's um, you know the definition is an emotion, and if you were to chat about hmm. if you were to talk about any other emotion like that, and people say, oh, you know, don't believe everything you think, you could get kind of quite philosophical about it, couldn't you? And go, well, it's not real. It's not a thing. It's you know what what what, and then you start to pick it apart, don't you? What is actually stopping me? Um, and it's not because I'm scared. It's because and that you know, and you go deeper and deeper and deeper, don't you? Um, because what if you said what if we didn't give it a name? What if it was just like oh, I feel a bit funny about this, mm. Mm. Um, and you didn't know it was fear? How would you behave then? Well, so like we've put fear into said... very strange context, haven't we? Now, if you were to take it out of that original, actually, this is what's happening because there's a line in front of me, and I've, my body's telling me to do this, um, and we're having those responses. And okay, you know, it's a visceral response; we feel it. But into some very, I mean, I want to say hashtag first world problems here, but mm-hmm. it's, I mean, it is that, isn't it? If you if we're going to be blunt about when, it, like <laughs> when you said um, b- before you said that, I was thinking of it, and then you said it, you articulated it in a way where 
you said uh, what if it wasn't a thing and we've just labeled it as a thing and who would we be without it? it reminded me of the conversation we had with sam where he yeah. spoke a little bit about you know anxiety and and depression and mm. he's like as soon as you start to label that you have it yeah. you own it rather than That's i'm experiencing this right now where would i be without this and what could i do without this yeah yeah i mean how many times would somebody say to themselves no, i'm too scared i can't do it I mean that that's that loop, isn't it? That's that um loop back round from the sign. Oh, I'm too scared. Yeah. I'm too scared, can't do that. But it's 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 never it's never the thing that you're about to do that you're scared of, is it? No, no. Unless you're gonna sort of jump on, you know, it, it's always something later on. Yeah, the consequences and, and then coming back to things like what people will think of me, how I'll be perceived. Um give you an example, like you know. I think public speaking is the most fearful thing in the studies that they go. That is the thing that consistently comes up that people are most scared of. Mm. You know, people can talk that, that want to have to do public speaking. They can walk up to the altar. They can turn, so they can do the physical acts of what's necessary, but the whole fluff that goes with it, that's even that's not what they're scared of because they can still talk to people. Mm. It's, Am I then going to be judged? Am I going to say the right thing? Is this going to cost me my career? Am I then going to be... So it's how big you make that story. So how big are you making the fear into yeah. a story? And what is real danger versus unreal danger? And there was something I was reading recently about, you know, finance. You know, people are worried about finances, you know, of course, all the time. But if you ask the majority of people, uh, sorry, I'm not going to, not, not the majority of people, but most people, when you, when you actually dig deep and you go, okay, realistically, how long can you live for if you just had to stop working and everything kind of, most people don't kind of go, you know, a month and, I, and I'm done. There is generally a feeling that you'd find your way whether people would lend you money or whether you'd you know your friends and relatives would help you out or whatever it is so it's not immediate threat and danger now also i appreciate that for many people that it may well be more yeah. um yeah, a lot more yeah. a lot more present than that but the people that i guess the people that we tend to converse with that are sort of worried about you know, finances and this and this and this, often if you just push them a little bit more, you'll find that it's not it's not immediate threat. But, I mean, yeah, there's that. But, and uh, it, it's hard to, um, I don't know how to word this, you know, not belittle, but be, to belittle that fear for people. Um, but if you were to just zoom out and, you know, look at what's going on. And I know, and again, you like, don't compare and it's all contextual and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you're worried about that public speaking event versus that person who's worried about where they're going to sleep tonight, <laughs> it's um, yeah. that kind yeah. of perspective might hopefully squash the fear a little bit, maybe. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's tough because I know you know fear can be really 
you know it's tangible isn't it you can you can feel it and it does stop you and you do freeze and it can be the smallest silliest little thing or seemingly insignificant mm. little thing mm. um but you know if you were to sort of stop and zoom out and i don't know it's hard to, it's hard isn't it to um yeah I it without gonna... sounding really um What's the word I'm looking for? Words are escaping me today. <laughs> Patronizing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. But that, well, that's I mean, what I tend to do in those moments. You know, you just go, right, come on. Is, is, this, is this really an immediate threat, like you say? Is this really massive in the grand scheme of things? How big am I making this in my head? Yeah, yeah. Why am, you know, why have I escalated this to... Um, yeah. What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, it's those kind of questions that crop up. I think it, when you start to. What is the worst that's going to happen? And I think they are important questions to keep asking yourself at times mm. because. You know, when when you've got, when you've got, okay. So here here here's one of the challenges when you're. When you're either a coach or a coachee. Um, you've come you've come to create a change in your life right so you've come to be slightly better at something more in tune with something slightly richer somewhere slightly healthier slightly whatever like a, a level above where you are operating yeah. okay you know you don't want to go the other way and you don't want to stay where you are those you wouldn't employ a coach right so there's there's some level of growth that you are looking for mm. um i guess if that stays where it is for a while as you're just getting into the coaching journey and you're exploring yourself a little bit more and you're working on things if things are still okay then things are still okay right but if you continue to kind of look at too far ahead in terms of where you want to be and well what could happen if i don't get there what's the you got to stay really, really present and go, well, I've got everything that I actually had already and I'm still in this process of growth. So nothing's been taken away. I'm not richer or this, or I'm not poorer. And I, you know, I've still got a home. I've still got this, this and this. So the question of have I got enough now to just survive, you know, as best as I have done in the past. And do I know that I'm going towards somewhere? So I think that the, the fear and anxiety is like, shit, am I going to get there? That's, that, that's what I can't see right now. Mm. Whereas, am I going to wake up tomorrow and there's going to be a knock on the door and you know everything's going to be taken away? Now, I, you know, for some people, maybe that is the case. But I would say that the people that we tend to work with, that's not an immediate threat or danger. No. But that's when that's when that kind of motivation overrides the fear, isn't it? If you can, if you can see what's ahead, if you can visualize it, if you really do have that desire to change and, and get and do and have a be the thing you want to be, mm. do have. Um, I think that's you can. That's I think that that's the healthy relationship with fear, isn't it? That's when you can go, okay, I accept it. Yes, I do feel a bit scared about doing xyz 
I've recognised that I feel scared. I'm feeling it, but mm. um, it can just sit there with me while I carry on and crack on and do the things that I need to do because I know the thing that I'm aiming for. I think that, that that's the thing, isn't it? Are you more scared of staying where you are, you know, letting the fear take over, never moving forward or, you know, whatever? Um, or are you, you know, more scared of um, not getting the thing that you, you know, could, could you get to the end of your life and go, oh, I'm, I, I can't believe I let that niggling yeah. voice in my head not let me get to where I wanted to get to. And we're quite often talking about, I mean, you know, my experience of, you know, pe people don't come, people don't come to me with sort of life, like a decision that's going to, you know, there's not a life or death decision. It's not a lose it all or gain it all type thing. It's more like, I'm scared of talking to my boss because of, I want to pay rise, but I'm scared of talking to my boss. And I've had that a couple of times and that's, that's very real for them. But so we work through that. So is it a communication issue? Is it that you've had something in the past where you've uh, said no to, but in their story that they go with is, I don't think I deserve a pay rise. What if they think I'm being cheeky? You know, everyone's, we've just come through a pandemic. Should I be doing this? Do I deserve it? So they're not actually scared of asking their boss of doing it. It's just all the, the question marks around it and the assumptions that they're making. That's what it is. Because, you know, the, the, the boss ain't going to turn around and go, well, because you asked for a pay rise, we're now going to review your position here because that was just like too cheeky. I, 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 it's yeah you've been too cheeky here. i mean you'd be i don't think an hr department would be uh would be okay with you firing somebody because they asked for pay rise but that is the kind of story that goes through through a person's head in, in making that conversation but it's again it's like what what is the worst that's going to happen yeah and you know but doing what you just said so you're building up building up some fact this is quite a good top tip for people actually the fear and 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 listening to the assumptions is evidence build where where are the actual facts that will tell you that your boss is going to turn around and tell you that you're cheeky <laughs> you know like actually some physical facts um because most that most of the time you'll be like oh well i don't know that's going to happen yes it could yeah. but um, and then you and then you go well yeah it's probably unlikely they're quite nice really and they've never yelled at anybody else before and you know you start to do the other story don't you from the other side see a different perspective um, yeah. I think I think another top tip for coming over overcoming fear and that kind of thing is to celebrate times when you have been courageous when you've you know sort of exerted that courage to overcome something and then you've gone oh, oh it wasn't that scary and build yeah. evidence to to um sort of boost yourself in that regard as well yeah because actually you know fear is fear can be quite short-lived as well can't it like, oh i can't do that i'm not going to do that and then you go and do it and it's like oh what was i worrying about five minutes ago yeah um very often especially for those kind of things i think I mean, there are plenty of things that people become fearful over for years and years, isn't there? And they never do it 
But again, you know, how many people have been fearful of something for years and years and years have finally bit the bullet and found some way to get around it and just do it and then gone, oh, what a waste of time that, you know, worrying for years and years and years about something. Um, There must be millions of people who've done that. True. And and the neuroscience of it is fascinating because of, because of, you know, excitement is going to produce very similar responses. You know, you're at the top of a water slide that looks crazy scary but equally crazy good fun you're sitting there going i want to i don't want to i want to i don't want to i don't so you, you, there's this tiny little line of fear and excitement fear and excitement fear and excitement that you just don't know how to navigate mm. and it's quite easy to just go well can you change the language around it and turn fear into excitement maybe that's one option to do and you just go well the, the, the same hormonal response is going to happen i'm going to be a bit excited about here so let me turn it around and let me just trick my brain a little bit into thinking that I'm, I'm more excited about this rather than more fearful about it so i'm going to go and do it um that that's one way to look at it and on your point with you said about the facts and we've spoken about this in one of the other po- podcasts i can't remember which one the sort of three f's um tool again which we've mentioned the fact the feeling of the future so what is the fact about this conversation with my boss? What am I feeling? What would I like to happen in the future? The fact is, you could actually say no. The fact is, you could say yes. There's a fact that the last time I asked, they said no. Okay, I'm feeling this about it. So what am I going to do about it? And just rationalise it a little bit in your head. Yeah, and just and don't wait for that fear to disappear. Because yeah. you you, can't, you just have to make it your friend, don't you? In those situations, like right, okay, yeah. You know, most of us are all a bit scared from, well, cultural conditioning. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're all. I don't know. We're more fearful these days because of. We're just fear, 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 fearful of different, fearful of different things. Maybe, yeah, Jen. Yeah. I think we're yeah. fearful of different things, uh, and we're probably fearful of things which like I said, don't carry an immediate threat um, mm. to our to our survival, to our basic yeah. human needs and survival. If you look at it from a human needs point of view, somebody slating you on social media is not actually an immediate threat to your survival. Mm. Um, and I think, well, but I also think it's because we're more fearful because we are less inclined to make mistakes, aren't we? We're less inclined to fail or attempt to fail at yeah, something, yeah. allow ourselves to fail at something, and therefore don't necessarily take on bigger challenges, do we? Because yeah. um, risk, we're quite, I don't know, we risk averse, sticking in those safe safe zones. <laughs> um, which, Maybe. you know, yeah, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> Stay there. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's... But, yeah, I do wonder if we practised more of the doing the thing that makes us a bit scared. I mean, they say face your fears, don't they? It it doesn't have to be massive. No. uh, Taking little risks now and again and and helping to build that evidence towards, you know, actually I'm more courageous than I am fearful. Yeah. And if you look at the, you know, one one of the standard practices in dealing with phobias is exposure therapy. Mm. You know, so it's, you know, take an example. I had CBT for a phobia. Okay. Um, we're kind of going over time now, though, aren't we? <laughs> go on, go, 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 go on. Uh, no, it was. Um, so I've since having my so I probably started about 
I don't know, maybe it's always been with me, but I was quite scared of um, people being sick. So emetophobia. Uh, emetophobia, being, yeah. Yeah, being yeah. sick, um, which became a huge issue. I mean, nobody likes it, do they? It's not a nice thing to 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 watch or go through or whatever, yeah. but it became a massive problem after having my first son, like a, a genuine like heart palpitations fear. Yeah. Um and I sought help. I think my son was about two or three. Um and eventually sought help for it because it, it was starting to make I wasn't going to get on public transport. I wasn't going to social occasions. Yeah. I you know I would sit somewhere wondering where the toilets were like everything was mm-hmm. um and just you know all the physical manifestations of fear um sort therapy so cbt and it that part of that was exposure too now obviously not nobody was making me <laughs> anything like that it wasn't quite that extreme but watching people on video on, yeah. on films in programs and that kind of and yeah it still makes me feel a little bit uneasy but i'm nowhere near um as petrified as i was um, and it's not, I mean, it just used to be in my thoughts all the time, but yeah, that exposure yeah, yeah. to and minimizing it and like all the things we've just said. So understanding that I'm not in any immediate danger um, and that actually my fear wasn't around. I then had um, an LP for it as well. Um, right. And it turns out in my brain, I'd associated um, assumptions. So the disappointment in, in, people being disappointed that I was ill and not able to go to work or do whatever um, was actually the kind of root cause of um, of where this fear stemmed from, which was, I mean, that was one of my biggest, I'll never forget that session. They did a timeline thing um, and the lady was just phenomenal. Just, just like modern day, witch. she was amazing (laughs) at drawing that out, but that, that was fascinating. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's my takeaway from fear as well that it's it when I mean, we've touched upon this haven't we that it's mm. not the thing you think it is um my fear was all was rooted in um in disappointment letting people yeah. down because because you'd been sick as because of your own sickness is that what you is that what you're yeah, saying the, yeah and the, the very um the very um it was such a vivid memory that came back mm-hmm. to me in this session um I was, I don't know, six or seven or something and had been had been ill and had caused disappointment in, I think it was my dad, um, because we couldn't go to wherever it is we were planning to go to. And I'd taken on that that disappointment and letting people down and just carried that with me. Right. Um, gotcha. Forever, which is, yeah, fascinating. Yeah, really fascinating. I, I can really resonate with that. I've not been through that, but my, my ex had that as well mm. um, to, to a really... Probably not quite as severe as yours in terms of well, I don't know. It's very common. Like, um, it was really common, anyway, women, but yeah, and especially um, after her little one as well. Yes, yeah. Um, but she'd had well. a she'd had a younger sister who had spent the majority of her life in hospital right, and yeah. unwell. Yeah. So that then kind of throws up stuff around the parents not being, you know, all yeah. this kind of stuff. So it wasn't, yeah. like I said, it wasn't the sickness and getting ill. It was what's this going to mean for yeah exactly so it's really and yeah so exposure therapy and, and you know coaching is a little bit like that we just ask people to expose themselves slowly to the next step okay well mm. i can't get to step 10 can you get to step one i think i can get to step one can you mm. yeah can you at least 
practice your speech in front of one person i can do that okay that wasn't actually that scary can you try five people can try 10 people all of a sudden you've done it boom you're on that stage performing in front of however many um so yeah it, it's breaking it down um i guess not buying into the story not having an attachment to it as a thing who or who you are it's part of who you are it's not a label that you give yourself um i think yeah. it's really 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 important practice you know, makes I, progress doesn't it it's that like it you just said, i think people do do that keep keep asking for that raise in front of the mirror until you get bored yeah. and you just go oh my god i might as well just do this now you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get to that point and then it's not so scary exactly exactly <laughs> excellent should we wrap it up there certainly can Mm. About, uh, well, okay one final question for you we talk about how fear can motivate so we've talked a lot about how fear can stop people mm. how can fear motivate you instead or maybe i did answer that when we were talking about you know are you more scared of doing it than not doing it yeah i i, I think for myself um if I, if I can relate to this personally, it's <laughs> I, I, I genuinely have a mindset of I'll just I'll bounce back. You know, kind of whatever happens, I'll bounce back. Mm. So the fear, I, I don't really, you know, I've taken enough knocks to kind of go that she's whatever knock comes my way from yeah, a fearful yeah, yeah. situation like I've, I've built that muscle and i think i'll be okay um that doesn't the necessarily mean the resilience is a key part then isn't it resilience, resilience is a key part so, but yeah. also your resilience you know there's there's a time when your resilience has a it, it sort of doesn't run out so it, it does run out rather because it's not contextual in all of this so you know you might go, well, I've got loads of resilience in saying or in somebody saying or like losing a load of tennis matches because I've just lost loads. Of them. I know that the next one I'll win or whatever. Or, But maybe I don't have the resilience yet of a client saying no or um, asking somebody out saying, no, like, oh, that's still feel a bit scary. So once you've I, – I, I've come to a relatively decent place in my life to go – I think I could deal with most knocks that life's going to give me. Like I, I really do. Um, I hope anyway. Which comes back so to that, that feedback loop, doesn't it? Of practice, minimizing that yeah. fear, getting better. And just it's, it's cyclical, isn't it? In that regard, in order to build your resilience, in order to reduce the fear. Yeah. And also, actually just the last thing is I always, I'm very rarely scared of something I can't control. So I don't, you know, flying, um, things which I have absolutely zero control over, I tend not to be scared of. Well, we're the total opposite and I, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, find, and I find it always really quite interesting to have those conversations with people that I see and they're like, I said, but I can't affect this. So mm -hmm. I'm more about, well, if I, if I screw this up, that's an issue for me. Whereas if, so yeah, and people do have the complete opposites. <laughs> mm. I find it fascinating. I find it really fascinating seeing people who are really scared of, I, I don't mean this in a, 
not no, fascinating yeah, really. in that uh, <laughs> like who are really scared of flying and they're, they're working yeah. up and i kind of go i i don't get that i don't I, yeah. I don't understand how that how that happens um mm. But yeah, because yeah, there's naff all you can do about it. <laughs> there's naff all I can do about it. There's absolutely naff all I can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's because at times when things have, you know, my knocks have come when I've least expected them and they've not generally been a result of something I've done, you know, and I think that that does create a very different blueprint, Jen, to, you know, if you've just done a load of stuff, <laughs> like your results haven't been good, that's going to really, really knock your confidence. Okay. Yeah. Um, but equally, you know, if lots of other people are kind of give, knocking, well, say knocking your confidence because of their actions, that doesn't work, but it just, it, it's given me a different shape of how I approach fear. Um, but that's just unique to me. Hmm. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. Go on. <laughs> to pick that Let's up wrap well. it up now before we, uh, <laughs> dive into alex's world of fear and fear, yeah. i mean yeah to summarize it's don't let it take control try to minimize it keep practicing look for evidence um it's all those kind of things isn't it yeah you use it use it um yeah use, say, it, use it or lose it but you know use it yeah. make it yeah at times when you need it make it your friend and mm. know that know that what's on the other side of it is often not as big as what you what you picture it or tell yourself mm. it's yeah. and better could be better could be less scary be more fun be curious mm. yeah stay curious definitely excellent thanks jen and thanks you. everyone and we shall catch you soon happy coaching bye-bye Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or you could leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from Alex and Jen, head over to Instagram, follow at Alex Manos Coaching for Alex and at The Direction Coach for Jen. Thanks once again, and we'll see you next time.